Well, hell, Billy Bradley, we went to Pocono. We all had big old dreams last year when we found out this is going to be a doubleheader. We go, oh, man, 2020 is going to be such a fun race year. We're changing up the schedule. We're doing different things. Yeah, we got a doubleheader weekend at Pocono. What could be? What could possibly go wrong? Well, uh, 2020 reared its ugly head, and, and we know there's plenty of stuff that can go wrong. But I tell you what, we're going to talk about first on this uh, on this podcast after a doubleheader weekend at Pocono Raceway. Rob Wokes, uh, I got to tell you, man, I was pretty impressed with with from from Texas, watching everything unfold on Twitter and, and NASCAR.com and, and TV. It seemed like, I mean, it looked like everybody was scrambling, working their asses off, but it also seemed like um, it was fairly doable. And, and it may be from, this is why we got you on here, maybe the rain was as bad as anything, but Rob Wokes, what a busy damn weekend. Tell us about it, bud. What was your impressions? Was is it doable? <laughs> is it as easy as it looked? I mean, what what do you got for it, bud? Well, um, I'm not gonna I don't think it was as easy as it looked. Especially I mean we used to run Pocono what, five weeks apart? Yeah. And it was you were gonna get rain one day each weekend you were up there. And <laughs> it turned out we got rain uh what Every day, oh, every day. <laughs> yeah. um, so to the point where it made the, uh, it made, uh, we had a triple header on uh, Sunday. Triple header on uh, Sunday, mm-hmm. so that was kind of a uh, kind of interesting. Um, it was, I mean, it, the the logistics alone just to make all that happen is incredible to get all three series in there and have all those officials. <laughs> taking care of business and uh, the team's taking care of business. Um, we, we did a, it, the rules for the cup side were you're, you run the same car unless you need to go to a backup. Um, so you, you know, everybody, there's always a little damage. There's always a little something, you know, cause you rub a little bit and, you know, you might crash the splitter a few times. So you might have to replace it and, you know, a little fluff and buff and all that. And as you saw a few of those cats, um, like the eight and I think the 20 and, uh, I think the 88 and there might've been another one all went to backup cars cause they destroyed their shit. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, that added a whole nother level of getting work done. Um, <laughs> but I'd say, you know, like it, it, there's service that has to be done and unlike years past, you don't have the. I mean, the technology's there, and the parts are a lot more reliable, so you're not rebuilding the entire race car and all that. So that makes it a little bit easier. Um, but it was uh, it was definitely an experience. It was definitely a learning experience, I think, for everybody, and, and including NASCAR. You know, there's probably some better things that we can do. Um, I would suggest, and this is something that's been a hot button for us on this podcast, is uh, starting times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon, and you're playing weather at a track with no lights. I mean, no lot. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know if that's the uh, if that's the way to go. I think we need to re we need to revisit that as far as hey, if we're going to run these races, we need to think about hey, let's go one thirty, you know, or noon or something like that, you know. And I and granted that backs your day up because we started pretty early. We we left the garage at 
Saturday night, and we're back in at 7 in the morning. Damn. Um, wow. Yeah, because, I, I mean, NASCAR gave us plenty of time, you know, to work on your cars and get, your, you know, get the service done on it you needed to, uh, replace parts you needed to, do body repairs, et cetera. And they made sure you had plenty of time. But it makes for, you know, those late, you know, leaving that late and then being back in that early, not only for us, but for everybody, officials and everything. I mean, you know, that's a quick turnaround. you got to sleep fast. Yeah. And um, it just uh, – but it it went well. I think all things considered, the weather just didn't cooperate. But then again, here for the last, I don't know, month or so, it really hasn't, no matter where we are. Well, we're still <laughs> looking for you to get out of here to check because we don't normally see uh, rain in the middle of July. And I – I mean, to be bluntly honest with you, we're kind of counting on it. Uh, we're, we're excited to well, come over here for a change. <laughs> there's, I mean, if if things hold true, we're going to bring it with us. Um, <laughs> That's for sure. Rob, let me ask you a question now. There was your no track record is speaking pretty good. Uh, yeah, there, there's no fans uh, at the track. Nope. Seeing what you saw on Sunday, dude, I, I, could you? Could fans be in the garage area with what happened uh-uh. with three race on Sunday? I mean, is that even a possibility? Uh-uh. No? Uh-uh. Not with – and I say that not because we don't want them there. I say that because of the restrictions that we're all under, that we are forced to follow. Yeah. And we are – and as, you know, individual organizations and teams, you know, we have these rules and, you know, and we're these rules are in place to protect all of us. Because there's a lot going on that I, I don't think the average person really realizes that basically we were told that if one road crew member from a single team, and we'll just use the six, for example, sure. if somebody from the six road crew, that guys that are traveling right now, comes down with this virus, yeah. the mandate is your whole team is quarantined for 14 days. 14 basically days. saying you got to bring – another group of six guys in yeah. to work on your car. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, nobody wants that. Yeah, nobody, for real. You know, you these guys you've got coming to the racetrack, these guys and gals you've got coming to the racetrack are coming for a reason. You do not want to replace them unless it's absolutely necessary. Well, you damn sure don't want to replace guys that aren't sick because they got to sit at the house. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think keeping, keeping people – Keeping the the public out of the garage right now makes it easier for us to police each other, for us to police our teams, for all of that. Yeah. So, you, you you know you start you start opening those gates up, and now all of a sudden everything you're you know you're worried about this tracking people, and you know who have you been in contact with if somebody gets sick, blah 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 blah. Well, you open the garage up to fans, and now it's it could be anybody from anywhere. So I think for the for the sake of what we're doing and what we're trying to get accomplished as far as getting the racing done, I think keeping people out of the garage is the best thing for us to do right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, as far as people in the stands, I mean, obviously, you know, we're coming to Bristol for the All Star race. Supposed to be what thirty thousand people there. I think that's pretty. That's a pretty amazing thing. Yeah. Um, see how that pans out. Um, so. I mean, we're we're just we're we're taking you know steps at a time. So, but yeah, I I I don't really see how you can let people in a garage right now that that aren't working for a team or working for one of the OEMs or working for 
you know, a, 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 a vendor or what have you. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, I got to tell you this, Billy Bradley. I, as I'm okay, I, I see. Mainstream media tells me that protesting in the street shoulder to shoulder for hours at a time uh, is not making the COVID spike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everybody going right. to the bars. I mean, I, I, but, but mainstream media tells me that people outdoors, uh, elbow to elbow, um, rubbing each other uh, and all that kind of stuff uh, is, is safe. And, 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 and to that end, I think it's funny that we can't have um, 50% capacity at an outdoor stadium. I know there's some fence points. I know coming into the facility, but you're not going to be any more packed in than a damn protest, for Christ's sake. But, but I'm going to get off that horse for just a second. Billy, knowing – and Brett Griffin tweeted something uh, last week. You saw um, there was like uh, – after Kevin Harvick won on Saturday – all his crew guys were in there in, in Victory Lane, uh, getting ready to push a car, uh, you know, back to Tech or wherever the hell it goes. And I thought it was funny because his his whole crew is in there, Billy. So, but I mean, the whole crew is over there in Victory Lane around the car. But it's against NASCAR's policy to have the driver in there. The driver's got to stand there by fucking self, and the crew is in there. And I listen. I, I, I'm all for safety. I really, I swear to God, I'm all for safety. And I, I, what Rob Lopes just said, I mean, I, there's, there's no argument here from Dado. But I think it's funny what, what is acceptable and what's not acceptable, not just in NASCAR with this thing, but in, in life in general. Um, there's so much misinformation, distorted information, and everything else. I, for the garage, Billy, I, I don't see, nor do I want, any fan anywhere near uh, that track. Or, or any of the – could you imagine, Billy, what, what would happen if somebody had to lose their whole fucking team, especially somebody who can't afford it? I mean, there ain't a whole oh. lot of people that can't afford it, but if, if you don't have an Xfinity team associated with you or anything like that, I mean, you're in deep shit, Billy. I think we've got to keep it the way it is and, we, and, and, and not even worry about it. But I, I think we need to get fans in the stands. Now, Billy, what's your stance on putting fans in the stands and what's your stance on, on people in the garage? I agree. Everything, you know, like Rob just said, I, I had a little rant about the 3 p.m. start. And, you know, it's a place that doesn't have lights. It's just idiotic that we're putting Rob and all them crew guys, drivers, well, not drivers because they're kind of quarantined to the motorhome, but you guys are staying an additional day in a state or a town, you know, risking another day. That's just idiotic from my point, but – I don't think we need fans in the garage. As much as I want to go down there and shake Rob Lopez's hands at Bristol Motor Speedway, I, I don't want to do that. I mean, it's just it's out of respect for me, for all the people doing their jobs. But I definitely agree. If we're okay to get in groups of 100 and walk side-by-side side, protest down the streets, we're okay to sit in the stands and watch a race. And here's the other thing, Billy. I, what – <laughs> we're, we're, we know it's going. We used to call it the 24 hours of Pocono when that was a 500 mile race, for Christ's sake. So, I mean, when they knocked it down to a 400, we were like, oh my God, thank you. Um, and now we're running, uh, what, 350s or something over there? We, we ran a, uh, what, a 300? I think it was a, three and a, was it a three and a quarter, three and a quarter yeah. and a 350 or something like that. 
Yeah, and I thought they both could have been 300 miles or, or 325. I mean, I, the length, uh, I, nothing after watching the race, nothing more than 350 is what we need at Pocono, in my opinion. But when you know it's going to rain, Billy, when you know every year it rains at Pocono because it's fucking Pocono, then why don't we start the race early? I mean, you got all these guys that are going to be cooped up in the fucking garage, and they, it's a doubleheader weekend. Why not get the fucking race over with early? I just don't, it doesn't right. make any sense to me why we got to have these late afternoon or mid afternoon starts when you know if it's going to rain. I mean, it's like doing it in Miami, Florida, for Christ's sakes, and, and you're going to have to run the race at 6 p.m. It is going to be raining between 5 and 6.30 p.m. in South Florida. And, and there's a lot of it. That I I really liked about this weekend. I'm I'm very happy that this weekend went off the way it, it did, Billy, because you you and I had this circled on our calendar, and we were headed there. We were all going to go up there and camp yeah. and listen to music and 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 all the racing that was going to go on. Is and and hey, the, the racing that we finally saw on track, I was happy with. We'll talk about that in a second. But you can't start these damn races at what is going to be rain on a doubleheader weekend with with all your series there. I mean, that that, that seems crazy to me. But I thought, Billy, from, from Texas, and, and I know Rob just explained how difficult it was and the time schedule to get all that stuff done. I, I got to tell you, um, I, 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 I appreciate hard work and effort, and I can tell you, Billy, from, from where I sit, everybody from NASCAR to the teams to the, the track personnel, uh, it, it looked like everybody – did about as good a job as you possibly can to get these racing in. And now let's talk about the races. Holy shit. Sunday morning, Billy, I, I mean, I, I watched 36 minutes of the truck race and saw like five <laughs> fucking laps under green flags. Seven red flags. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what in the hell is going on? Um, and, and I know it's a, a green track, and I know you got the trucks out there. I don't know that the trucks need to go to Pocono, number one, but uh, Billy, I, I'm really liking the the way that these races are playing out with no practice. At some point, teams are going to yeah, have I to like practice, that. okay? I mean, they're, they're, we got to give them a little bit of practice, for Christ's sakes. And Kyle Busch is the biggest crybaby there is about it. Um, I don't think we do. Well, I think that what we should do, Billy, and this is just a, a, a throw-it-out-there type of thing, uh, and, I, and I'm only thinking about this in the way of safety. And Rob, you, you're, you're up next, so be thinking. I think Okay. In the in the in the manner of safety, Billy, that it would because I don't I'm I'm with you. I don't want any practice. But now, don't change my mind on this talking no, common sense I'm not, shit about I'm, safety. I'm, I'm not trying to bring common sense into one of our discussions, <laughs> Billy, because you know I fucking hate common sense. But if we were to give them 15 minutes on the track, a hot track for 15 minutes, like literally 15 minutes, then a cold track for 30 or 45 minutes, and then another 15 minutes after they made some changes to go out there and run it down for 15 minutes. I'd be okay with, with something like that. I don't want an hour's worth of, of practice with with, a, with an hour delay, a cold track, and then another damn hour or happy hour or nothing like that. I, I think the as, to put cars on the track, to make them do a couple, three, four, five laps, I mean, in 15 minutes, you ain't going to get a whole hell of a lot of work done if you want to come in and fix it. But I, I think it would be appropriate to do something like that. I'm against anything more than 30 minutes. Now, Rob Lopes, did what I just say – I mean, listen, is, you're not getting any practice now. So is 
do you see any benefit from a safety standpoint or, or from a team standpoint to getting, say, 30 minutes of practice, or is it are you okay with the way it is? What, what, what would you like to see in a perfect world, Rob? No, I think uh, I think a little practice would work. And, I mean, there's been some stuff that guys guys and gals, and I say guys just because I'm spitting it off of, you know, our, you know, our little talks in the van and in the truck and everything like that. It's like, you know, what, what, what would be wrong with, okay, guys, you guys got a 30-minute practice session. Yeah. You know, go out there and make some laps, you know, make a couple, you know, changes, whatever, tweaks, whatever. You know, obviously you're not going to make any big changes. Um, the other thing that was brought up, you know, something that was co- kind of cool that, and I don't, I'm trying to remember the series that does it or, or, or even, I mean, a lot of your local tracks, you know, you got hot laps. Okay. Yeah. You know, this class goes out, you know, you run for 15 minutes and if you come off the racetrack, you're done. You, yeah. You're either going to run, you know, you don't get to come in and go back out. Yeah. You know, you come off the racetrack, you go out there, run some laps, you come off the racetrack, you're done. You don't get to go back on. Rob, it's been a long time since I've been somewhere they did hot laps, but but I'm now considering changing my thing to doing something like like some hot laps. I, that seems beneficial to me. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, and just kicking ideas around, it's like we we've proven that the product is pretty decent without practice. Yeah. Now, are there guys that want more practice? Absolutely. Sure. Are there guys that are fine without practice? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think overall, just and just us us chit chatting about it, it's hey, you know, the product's not bad. The racing is pretty decent. You know, uh, no practice. You know, just going with what you know, and you build a lot of you build a lot of adjustability in your race car, and and you work on it through the race. Um, so yeah, a little bit of practice just to get you know, hey, let's. We need we need something a little bit different on shocks, or we need to make sure our clearances are right, so we're not crashing a splitter or something like that. You know, blah 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 blah. Just something little, you know, little tweaks here and there that you can pick up in 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, with 10 or 15 laps. You know yeah, I mean, see, I'd be okay with it, that. I, I don't want a wholesale. Ch- Listen, the way we used to do it, I I I'm, I now hate it. I, now, I hate going to the track now and seeing all this practice because what I have come to find out, and I, Bill, you and I are on the same page here. It seems like when they get two and a half hours of practice during a weekend, that, I mean, hell, those guys are professionals. They're getting their cars. If they haven't got it dialed in after two and a half hours of fucking practice, they, they're not going to get it dialed in. These guys are pros. Um, but but not have, or having no practice has certainly made these races, I believe, a hell of a lot more intriguing from a stand, fan standpoint. And, and I will bring up something that uh, I, I, I just got caught up on some door bumper clear episodes, Billy. And old Brent Griffin and TJ and uh, what's the other guy, Freddie, Freddie Kraft, are all uh, talking about the 14 and the 88 coming down um, on Sunday, Billy, uh, coming down to the end of the wire. They were beating and banging each other for eighth and ninth place. You, you remember that, Billy? Yeah, but I did see something about that. I didn't catch the end of Sunday's race, but I do remember them talking about that. Well, they beat the shit out of each other. I mean, they they doored each other for, you know, um, four or five seconds the whole way down across the finish line. It was for eighth or ninth place. And they were like, oh, that's crazy. I can't believe you're tearing up, you know, tearing up a race car, doing all that stuff and this kind of stuff. Now, I, I like only an industry person gives a shit about that. 
Uh, I don't give a shit that those two guys <laughs> were beating the shit out of each other on the way down. Hell, I like that. I appreciate it. That's what I want to see. <laughs> and points are so difficult to come by that these, you know, one fucking point may make a difference. And, and so Yeah, we saw that in years. We, we've seen yeah. we see that every year. One point yep. it really can, can make a difference, and especially at them, I mean, all you have to do is look at the, the every, how everybody was pissed last year. Uh, was it Martin Truex Jr. or uh, last year they had like, uh, or him and Kyle Busch were just about guaranteed to make it all the way to the end with as many stage points and, and playoff points they had and all that kind of stuff. But I I know it's expensive for these team owners to get out there and getting crashes and wrecks and that kind of stuff, which is I wouldn't mind putting a little bit, and I mean a little bit, Billy. I'd be okay with 15 minutes of practice just to make sure there's nothing bad wrong with the car. There shouldn't be, but just to make sure nothing's bad wrong with the car. But, hey, I, I love the carnage just going out there, Billy. And I didn't like it in the truck race and the Xfinity race. I wanted to get that race going for Christ. I was like, you're, you're losing me, fellas. I, I can't sit through 20 minutes of red flag while you, and then two laps of green. But I think these guys beating and banging each other for a point is what I want to see. I want to see that, Billy. I, I, I know you want to see that as well. What's, go ahead. I damn, I got Rob. The uh, tell me what I'm talking about here. The the information that drivers can see that say Kyle Busch is going off the of turn two and he's breaking here, breaking there. Like what's that information? What's that little? What's that called on the pro the program called where drivers can see whatever the other drivers are doing? SMT. Yes. Yeah. All right. This is what I think about the practice time. It's not allowing them to go see, like, okay, Kevin Harvick off full throttle here, three quarter throttle here. Like, they're not getting to see that. And you know who I really think it hurts is Kyle Busch because he has zero stage wins up to this point right now. Billy, hang on a minute. Does he have any stage points? No, I don't think oh, I'm sure he's got to have a stage point somewhere, no? I don't think he has a playoff point. I'm not shitting you. I don't think he does. I don't think he does up. either. I'm going to look it up. But I tell you one thing right now. He damn sure don't have any stage wins. He don't have any I'm wins. not just saying that Kyle Busch needs to see what other drivers are doing because Kyle Busch is a damn good driver. I just think yeah. Kyle Busch benefits over – watching what someone else is doing over and over and over, and he just, I mean, perfects that skill even better. Well, here's what I can tell you, Billy. I I hadn't thought about that until you brought it up. I, I just I hadn't thought about that, but the fact of the matter is, you're right. I, I There is no doubt that everybody in the garage is looking at everybody's data to see how good they are here, how good they are there, that sort of thing. We, we know it happens. I, I forget about it because I don't – I mean, I – I can't tell you. I don't know. I'm not smart. Enough, I'm, I'm smart enough to know that if Kevin Harvick can drive deeper in the corner, he's probably going to come out of it faster. But I'm not smart enough to translate in to tell somebody how the hell to fix the car or 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 to fit my driving style or or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that information. Like you know, I, the analogy someone was using on a podcast I heard is like, does uh. Everybody show you – like Steph Curry show you how he shoots a three-pointer every time he shoots the ball? Like, Yeah, you know, they did mention uh, that, and I thought that was funny. By the way, 
playoff points right now, um, Kyle Busch has fucking zero. He's got 2,000 points like everybody else at, uh, b- b- below him. I mean, right now he's in the chase or, or in, the, in the playoffs. He's 11, but his playoff number would be 2,000. And you look down here at Clint Boyer is 14, uh, 14 right now, and he's got um, two points uh, to the good. William Byron's 15th. He's got one point. Eric Jones, see, Eric Jones, Matt DiBenedetto, Kyle Busch are the only ones in the top 16 right now that do not have any stage points. Rob Lopes, that seems hard to believe, doesn't it? For Kyle Busch, absolutely. I would have thought, you know, I had, it's funny you bring that up because I had to look, I guess it was Monday, I went, who has won this year? And, you know, what's going on? And I went scrolling through and I'm like, Kyle Busch, I could have swore Kyle Busch won a race. And I'm like, nope, I guess he hasn't. And I didn't start looking playoff picture whatever. I was just looking to see who's got wins and who's what's wearing points. And I kind of just look at it for from an owner's point, owner's standpoint. So I'm like, hey, where are we parked? <laughs> you know what I mean? Where's the truck parked? Oh, yeah. Where's the cars parked? Yep. You know? So, but I saw that. I was like, wow. I was like, Kyle hasn't won this year. And he got, he got wrecked. He got yeah. Sunday. Body slammed. Pretty good Sunday. Yep. And we, I, in fact, I made a comment while, because the caution came out, and I'm like, okay, and we were talking strategy on our other channel, and I'm like, okay, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what is the caution for? And I went and, and I saw the 18 sit in the middle of the racetrack. I'm like, what? And then I saw the replay, and I saw him, like, the car had just stopped. And the wind and net was down, and he's sitting in there, like, not moving. Yeah. And the wind and net's down, and all I can think about is that man is so mad right now. He yep. can't even – he's, like, he's sitting in there counting to 100 right now, you know, waiting for the safety crews to get there to say, okay, hey, man. You know, and I know they're not supposed to get out of the car, especially, you know, in the middle of the racetrack. You know, that's just a foolish thing. But he wasn't even moving around in the car. He was just – it's like, almost like he was sitting there with his hands folded counting to 10. Yep. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, and I'm thinking that uh, man is probably furious right now. Yep. And and he talked mm. about in his post race. You see what he talked about, Billy. He, he mentioned in the post race about the fact that um, he could finally got some practice and he was running good until he got. Uh, it, he he did his damn. Did, Rob, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was laughing my ass off. Kyle Busch was trying to lose it. He was literally trying to lose it. <laughs> Watching him contain himself was literally like trying. It's like putting a peanut butter cracker or something in front of your dog and watching him just shake violently all over because he wants to eat it, but he knows he can't. That's exactly what it reminded reminded me of when it was when it was there. And I, this has been a very weird season. Practice is definitely, uh, or lack of practice, has definitely um, has uh, definitely hurt some people, and it's, and it, and it's yeah. it has helped some other teams as well. Probably the the teams that you know, that, that may not fare as well with a lot of practice. But, boys, I, Rob Oates just said he took a look at who's winning. I mean, uh, let's just look at Saturday and Sunday. One and two, um, Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin. Sunday, uh, one and two, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick. I mean, those two guys yeah. right there are absolutely just they put it on them. They're on their game. <laughs> and, and, and I, uh, preseason, uh, I thought that we we all talked about it here, and I thought that Denny Hamlin was getting ready to have a breakout year. And the reason I thought that was is because he's the only one of all the guys that he come up with and that sort of thing that really hasn't. I mean, hasn't won a championship. Um, he he bullied the shit out of of 
Pawlowski, all he did is go out and win a championship. Now um, Martin has two. Um, Joey has a, a championship. Um, you know, Kurt and Kyle has uh, two. I mean, so he's sitting there, and I, I, he's, I thought he'd be motivated to do that just because, you know, he, he's got an ego. And, and, but good for him and good for Kevin Harvick. I predicted him to start, you know, going south here a little bit with his age. But the fact of the matter is he, he's got no. three wins. Um, he's got uh, eight top five. He's got 12 top tens. He's got zero DNS. And as a matter of fact, he happens to be leading the series with 572 laps left for Pete's sake. Uh, that's, 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 it goes that's, back to all having no practice. So he comes out, races his car. He, he ain't uh, using all of his energy for practice and qualifying. All he does is race. I mean, one fun. and done, he's done. It's fun to watch a veteran go out there. Good point. Yeah, it's fun to watch a veteran go out there and know what his stuff is and and, and doesn't fuck it up trying to get to the front and, and, and make little – I mean, from a fan watching – a, a team take a race and fix that car. I, I, Billy, it, it's it's fun for me. I thought both races at Pocono were very entertaining. They didn't score very well. I have a feeling they didn't score very well because of the rain delays. And I think they would have scored a lot better in the fan survey that, that Gluck puts out if they would have started the damn race earlier, then we didn't have to wait through red flags and, and, and yellow laps yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I, I think it would have been a lot better, but Billy, did, did you enjoy the racing? Did you think it was boring? I mean, what did you think about? No, I thought the racing was good. Now, I'm going to be honest. You know, we, do, we just talked about how we had done circle the date. We're going to Pocono for an all-weekend event. You know, it's going to be two doubleheader cup races. But as a fan at home, I didn't really care for it, to be honest with you, man. I've been working five days a week. You know, I got one day. I want to dedicate to watch the racing. The other day, you know, got two little kids running around and wants to do something. So yeah. it took me away from one day of racing, you know, a sport that I love. I didn't get to watch it because they were so. Well, I want to go to the lake. So yeah. what we do? We went to. I got to listen to it on the radio on MRN. Those guys do a good job. They make the race sound a hell of a lot more interesting than I'm sure it is on TV. My guess is, Billy, that moving forward, NASCAR is going to have to accept the fact that when you start races during the afternoon rainstorm, uh, you're going to not get many people to stick around on a Saturday knowing that there's going to be a race on Sunday. It just so right. happened that Sunday had a big rain delay in it as well. So I think I think some more – I like Pocono having a doubleheader – I'm not sure yeah, I'm, is the place to have a doubleheader because it rains there every time. But I, I, to your point, it's difficult for average, you know, working American people to spend two days in the block with families and block it off and watch it. I caught most yeah. of the race Sunday. I caught, I'd say, not quite 50% of the race Saturday. What I saw, I saw the finishes of both races. What I saw was good action. I was very happy uh, with what I saw. It wasn't like the best race I've ever seen, but for a Pocono race, knowing what the teams had to go through and all that kind of stuff, I, I was very entertained. And 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 I and I think I think from a logistics standpoint and an industry standpoint, it was a rousing success. There's definitely um, lessons learned that can that can move forward, but I'm not gonna 
I'm not going to slam them or, or beat them up or anything like that for for what happened this weekend. I, I thought all in all that they they did really well. Right. You guys see that uh, according to Joy um, and the 32 has uh, Donald Trump on their car. I think for nine races. Did you see that, Billy? <laughs> I saw somebody posting it on the Twitter, but like I didn't see nothing from Corey LaJoy. I just assumed it was fake news. No, <laughs> that's funny. Um, uh, but, <laughs> but but it really is. I saw a picture of the car earlier. It looked better than any damn national uh, national guard paint scheme I ever saw, except for the one that was covered in confetti at Daytona. Um, yeah, that's the best national guard paint scheme I ever seen. Yeah, and the rest of them suck. <laughs> that one was a good one. But this is a, it's a good-looking patriotic red, white, and blue car. Um, he's 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 able to get uh, pelted with rocks when the hauler drives in, um, in, in some places, depending on where he goes. But um, but good for those guys to secure some some uh, some pack money uh, for for that team. And I think that and he, I mean let let's put it this way, um, Corey LaJoy, I mean he's 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 oh shit. Where I, I I don't know exactly where he is in the in the points, but I mean he's taking that underfunded team and he's he, he's trying to do as much as he can and and hey somebody's somebody's giving somebody uh, some NASCAR money so it's going to be interesting to see how it how it turns out. Um, news this week. I honestly I think we've had so much news going on here the past. The past couple of weeks, it's a pretty quiet week. There's not a whole hell of a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of talk about Indy, though. A lot of talk about Indy. And, and Rob, I want to ask you about the, the road course over there in Indianapolis. Um, I, have you ever seen anybody run on it by chance, uh, Rob? Not not like live. I mean, I think uh, didn't F1 use it a, for a couple of years. Um, and other than that, I don't – I don't know if anybody else using. I think. Wait a minute. There wasn't there. So there was some other race that was going on up there when we were up there a couple of years ago. But I never, like I said, I've never watched it. Um, I think it'd be a nice change for Xfinity. Yeah. But and I hate to say it, but they're they change the they change the Xfinity race, but it's still at the wrong track. All right. Rob, you and I are both agreement with that. I know Billy Bradley. I agree. It's a hot subject for Billy Bradley. I don't want to get that hillbilly started because he'll be he'll be hard to handle for a while. But there's a there's a course <laughs> there's a there's a track not far from that from that road course in the oval that I think they should both be on. It'll be interesting to see how they do here at this at this road course and what they're going to do for you know everything they got to do. But Indianapolis is hit or miss. For me, guys, I, I, I most of the time I, I don't watch the Indianapolis race, I, or if I do, I, I'm watching it while I'm doing something else. I just it's it's other you know back in the '90s when we first went there, I was all about it. I, I know everybody, and the reason I was all about it is because everybody in NASCAR was super excited to go to a, such a famed place of racing. I don't like open wheel right. racing. It doesn't, but but from a history standpoint, I thought it was cool that we went there. The racing pretty much has sucked, Billy. There's only been a handful of good races in the 20-some years we've been going there that I've actually enjoyed watching, but this is a big one on the NASCAR circuit. Everybody wants to go kiss the bricks. Everybody wants that. And listen, if I was a driver, I damn sure would um, as well. But Rob Lopes, we saw not um, uh, 10 years ago or so where uh, the tires were, they last about, what, 
20 laps, and then they were to the cords. I didn't even think it was 20. Uh, yeah, might not have yeah. been. It wasn't many. You, I, I think I think the way it worked out is we were getting a caution like every 10 laps, and it was just a matter of who it was going to be because there was a tire was going to be. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy time to be a NASCAR fan, and here we are back again, a crazy time to be a NASCAR fan. Rob, what pack? Yeah. Are we, running, uh, we running the uh, the same pack as we ran a Pocono um, here at Indianapolis? Yes. Okay. Yes. Same, uh, and so. Yep. Same tell package. About, tell us about this track and the tire wear and, and, and what you see happening over there. Um, we're actually running the same tire combination that we ran at Pocono. Um, there's, there'll probably be some fall off, you know, there'll be plenty of fall off. There's some good wear there. Uh, the track at Indy, they had, I guess, and it might've been right around 2008. I'm trying to remember now, but it, it all starts to run together, obviously, but they diamond ground it and it was there for a while. Like when they first did it and even the, if I recall, like the first year they did it, even Indy cars struggled with it because it was such a sharp, it was almost like, uh, like you if you hold a steak knife upside down, you know, and you look at it, that was the way the track was, and it was very sharp, you know, it was diamond ground, smooth, as it was, you know, just super, super smooth, but it was very jagged, like it had like little, it was serrated all the way across, basically, and, I mean, you start putting all that force on there, and you're sliding tires across of it, you're just going to, you know, it's like a cheese grater. And I think what has happened is, over time, it's worn itself down, so it's not quite as bad. I mean, the grooves are still there, but they're not near as sharp. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's obviously helped having the tire issues there. Uh, Goodyear has definitely stepped up their game as far as Indy goes and making sure that they don't run into that same situation that they ran into in in 2008, I believe it was. Um, So I – what you're going to see in Indy is so you'll probably see some pit strategy. I don't know if you'll – I don't know if you'll see what you saw in Pocono as far as two tires, four tires, fuel only. Um, I mean, that remains to be seen, especially, like I said, especially with this tire combination. It's a little bit different even though we were just on it in Pocono. But it's going to – it'll probably behave a little differently at Indy. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how it goes. And that that ties in with that no practice thing. You can see how your tires are wearing and see what your tires look like and, you know, get a feel for what your fall-off is there. And that can help dictate or not dictate, but that can help set your pitch strategy up. And you're like, hey, man, you know, we could get away with taking right side, you know, after 15, 20 laps. Or we could get away with, you know, fuel only for, you know, 15 laps before a stage. The cost comes out, get gas only, and we're not going to lose, you know, this, that, the other, whatever. Yeah. Um. But now you don't have that practice. You don't get to see exactly what's going to happen until it happens, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that's, I, all, that's about all I got on that. It, well, the the, the the diamond grinding that you talk about, I, the company I used to work for did that all over the country. And I can tell you for certain, I would not want to race on anything that had been diamond grooved by one of those machines. You talk about abrasive, for Christ's sakes. Uh, holy shit. Um, you can, I mean, I wouldn't want to drop my pen and pick it up. Uh, you're, you're able to come pull back a bloody stump, Billy Bradley. That's some, that's a, that's a rough way to, to go into that surface. And, and here's what I'm excited about though, because you mentioned it a little bit, you know, there, Rob, about the, the strategy. One good thing that could come about, we saw Casey Kane use some awesome damn strategy several years ago to get his lone win that year. This is a track that has the potential to have the same kind of um, the same kind of 
strategy that we saw at Bocano. I mean, I, it was there was so many. Listen, if you weren't paying attention on Sunday's race, Billy, you you were lost because you, I mean, Brad Keselowski. I thought for sure I was going to win Sunday. That guy ended up like two laps short. I can't believe Brad Keselowski, the biggest gas cheater in, the, in NASCAR, ended up two laps <laughs> short. Uh, I thought for sure he was going to flip another switch that nobody knew about and add some fuel into that damn car. But yeah, they had to get that thing shorted on that pit stop, or they wouldn't have made that call. Because even Larry Mike said they were. Uh, he didn't understand that he had them being good. Yeah, and and that just tells you that they, they pulled out of there a second or two uh, too early. And I think it's going to come down. It, it may come down to something like that here at Indianapolis. This is the first time uh, NBC is, is going to broadcast. Now, Fox does have one other race that they're that due to rescheduling that they're going to have. But we got Steve Letarte, Dale Jr., and, uh, and uh, Burton, Jeff Burton uh, in the booth. And uh, along with Rick, and I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how those guys come out. Dale Jr. hasn't tweeted during a NASCAR race, Billy, in a long time. So my guess is them boys have been holed up uh, doing their own broadcast um, uh, on Zoom or something during these these Fox broadcasts just to get ready. But uh, there's going to be a changing of the guard in, in, in a lot of ways. The summer season is here. Um, you two know that I've been texting I've been texting Rob how fucking hot it is in Dallas, Texas. Um, uh, two weeks away from from running a three. By the way, Billy, we're running a three p.m. race in Dallas, Texas, uh, or Fort Worth, Texas, on July nineteenth. Holy shit! And uh, that'll be one three p.m. race that'll start on time because it's right in the middle of the damn desert. He's, yeah, listen, if we have rain that day, NASCAR absolutely is cursed. <laughs> it's it absolutely cursed. It's always hot in Indianapolis. Um, and, and it's certainly going to be uh, – I, I, I'm looking forward to a much better race with this package that we're bringing here. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Boys, by my calculations, and I'll tell you how I'm going to do this, our buddy Chuck Doty sent me some, some stuff on the Poconos, but the, because there was two races, I, I think the only fair way to, to see who the winner was is to add the numbers to our, our winner's um, and, and and our dark horses, and, and if we do that, Rob finished 10th and 6th on at Pocono um, for Saturday and Sunday. Billy finished 9th and 27th. I finished 11th and 9th. So it looks like Rob um, Rob has the lowest number um, uh, there. I picked old Tyler Reddick, Billy Bradley, and he finished 35th and 30th in two damn consecutive races. <laughs> so that tells you how good I am on um, on picking the damn dark horse. But Rob Lopes. You are up first, brother, with the victory from Pocono. Who are you taking as your mm. winner, and who are you taking as your dark horse? I'll, I'll just go ahead and do it for him. I'm going to take the four <laughs> and whatever other one. Yeah, so we know Rob's taking Man, the four. I, who else the four and the 18. That's the other reason why I look. I'm going to use the 18 as my dark horse, man. Motherfucker. Holy I told shit. somebody. I told somebody yesterday that – Kyle Bush is just – I did a little research on him. I was like, you know what? We're, we're picking the win, but he's a dark horse. And I'll be damned I Bob did the same thing. Why do you think I just brought that shit up earlier in the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Well, Rob Lopes has got the, the – the, 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 put your money on Rob Lopes. take the four and the 18. All right. Billy Bradley. <laughs> yeah, you uh, got this week. Who the hell you got, Billy Bradley? <laughs> I mean, the hell, I'll go – nah, I'm going to go with – Joey Logano and 
Bubba Wallace. Remember last year, Petty yep. Richard Petty brought that brand new car, and they had a pretty good race at that damn track. So hopefully, was, with all the sponsorship, they're able. That new Chevy nose is paying dividends for Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace didn't all of a sudden become a better race car driver. He's he's been a good race car driver. Um, the, the Chevy has definitely improved over what it has been the last uh, two or three years. And Bubba is is making everything he can with his opportunity. He's still, you know, that, that team's not a, a super funded team like like everybody else. But with what he's got, he's doing pretty damn pretty damn good. And this is exactly the kind of thing that um, um, could absolutely he, he, this could propel him to something. I mean, we saw Paul Menard go in there and get a victory. Uh, we've seen Casey Kane go in there, and the only victory he had was right here. This is a course. If you got a good crew chief and you're willing to gamble a little bit and and, and do some strategy, you you might be you might be just fine. Now, I'm not I'm not too worried about um, I'm not too worried about uh, Bubba Wallace. I actually think he's in good shape. I I, I think Brad Kizilowski last week he did he did pretty good. Ryan Blaney is continuing to impress me, even though he he um, he wrecked Kyle Bush there. Um, and, and somebody else that has really caught my eye. Um, as of late over there, as the 19 is quietly, I don't know if I say quietly, but the 19 is, is really, really coming on as of late. And Chase Elliott, I think, is, boy, I think Chase Elliott is going to get him four or five wins this year. That all being said, I'm, I'm going to take Chase Elliott in the nine, and I'm also going to take the 14 as my dark horse. I think those Fords um, have something. Uh, at this track, uh, Kevin Harvick is a great pick. Joey Logano is a great pick. I'm taking a Chevy. You two guys are taking Fords, but I'm going to take a Ford as my dark horse. Um, Rob Lopes is still you're the man, Rob. Uh, if you don't win this one, Rob, you can't blame it on. Uh, yeah, I can't out. wait to next week if you don't win this one because you've got <laughs> probably first and second a good chance. Yeah, a good chance that, it, that he just picked the top, the the, the winning the front row there. But uh, and if they don't win, Billy, or don't have a good record, we're definitely gonna have something to talk about. <laughs> There's gonna be no doubt. Hey about boys, that. I got a little news for you. We got a brisket going on the smoker tomorrow oh, afternoon. Yeah, as I get my ass out All of right. work. Rob, can you give take 15 seconds here? And coach Billy up and give me a little affirmation. He needs it. Give, give him, give him some affirmation here for a few seconds. Okay, I'm going to give you a number and a word. 225 degrees and patience. That's it. Yeah, patience is. That's why it's going on <laughs> tomorrow evening into the night tomorrow night, and that way by Friday I should be good sometime. The patience part is what I have the trouble with, Rob Blake. I mean, Billy, I'm fact, brisket, you got to be patient with. I've learned that, and I learned it the hard way. It's just, and you, well, I, have and I, I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't turned it into beef jerky yet. I haven't done that. But, well, Billy's special. Billy, you have any tattoos, Billy? No. 225 patience is going to be your first tattoo. Uh, we need to get you drunk and get you to make a silly bet so we can, uh, we, we can get you to the tattoo shop. And, and get your first tag. <laughs> um, uh, Rob Lopes, uh, be safe going out there to Indianapolis. It's uh, it's going to be hot out Appreciate there. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be hot. At the big old race course out there. Uh, for Billy Bradley, for Rob Lopes, I'm Dado. Y'all have a good weekend. See y'all. See you. Right on. Good luck. See ya.
everything that's going on in the world right now, we appreciate you spending a little time with us. Before you leave, take a minute and check out this new song by Gael Boom and Alex Hobbs. Here's End of the World. Yeah. TV. Let's go. I'm turning off my TV. Shit's getting rough. All the service negativity. I think I had enough. I got my own demons that I'm still dealing with. And if you still wanna be here, I gotta make one thing clear. Don't just say you love me, show me. Just say that you're with me, then prove me. I'm really tryna find my feelings, but it's getting scary out here. I don't wanna be alone tonight. Baby, hold me tight tonight. Oh, come on, baby, make love to me. Like it's the end of the world. Like it's the end of the world. Oh, oh. Like it's the end of the world. Like it's the end of the world. Love me like the world is ending. You can't be another mistake when we might only have two days. Screw the critics, I just need your love. Oh, they talk in circles. They don't know. Falling, so come on, baby, make love to me. Like it's the end of the world.